Okay. Hi. 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 I'm Nicole Spezio. <laughs> and I'm Jenny Donheiser. And this is How Are You, how are you Brainwashed? Brainwashed? Our podcast. Nicole, how, how are you? You okay over there? Yeah, I'm fucking great. Don't immediately start <laughs> off aggressive. You're finding your octave. You're finding your note. Yes, I have a cold. Listeners might know, but it's okay that I have a cold because I'm still a professional and we're still recording. <laughs> it's that time of year. Baby, the seasons change. My body says, ooh, we used to be hot. And now we're cold. I'm confused. Absolutely. I hope you don't have a cold for like nine weeks like I did. I hope it is in and out. You know, we're not doing great this week. So <laughs> we'll see how long it goes, but I'm so you know, sorry. I do what I can. Yeah. Babe, what's going on? I'm getting deeper into Britney's book. It's really speaking to me. I, I think it's worth a listen, Nicole. I gotta say. I know you're mostly just gonna hear what I have to say about it. That's okay too. But I just really love her. And I think well, that, of course. You know, she I know a ghostwriter. I know I know she did not write this, but I I think that the thoughts are hers. And I think she's so much smarter than we give her credit for. I really, I really do. Well, hun, you can't play both sides of the field saying, I don't think she wrote it. And I think she's so <laughs> much smarter than we give her credit for. So sort of pick your poison there. Well, I mean, yeah, she, 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 she didn't involved write in the it. writing of the book. She was involved in the writing of the book. And that's yes. enough. Yes. I mean, the experiences, the stories are hers. And I do think the reflection of what happened to her are hers. And the reflections are insightful, I do find. And as, a, you know, I, I was just listening to the chapters about the sons. You know, she had one son and then she got pregnant three months later and had the other son. So she was pregnant, straight pregnant for like two years. Oh, my God. And obviously was suffering from a lot of issues related to that. A lot of depression, anxiety, postpartum all at once. And Kevin Federline was off trying to be a rapper. <laughs> I didn't remember that storyline for him that I guess at that point he was trying to be rapper. Do you remember um, he was also on Celebrity Fit Club? Do you remember? Did you go on that journey with Kevin Federline? Because I did. Uh, Celebrity Fit Club did not come up in the memoir. <laughs> what is Weird. That? Weird that you didn't bring that up. <laughs> what is that? It was a show where we made celebrities lose weight on TV. Oh, okay. Like, it's not Big Brother. What's the other show where people The Biggest lose? Loser. The Biggest Loser. Wow, we've yeah. never talked about The Biggest Loser. Well, I mean, talk about brainwashing. <laughs> we don't have the time. But uh, yeah, Celebrity Fit Club, fat celebrities. Let's make them small. I don't know. I, but I'm pretty sure Kevin Federline was on. Yeah. And whatever. Okay, I'm I'm getting a, away from the plot, which is that we support Britney Spears' book. <laughs> We do support her book. And it just really was, it puts you in her position very well, I think, of like thinking about what it would be like to be haunted, to have all these mental health problems, no one helping you, two children back to back, your husband trying to be a rapper. Most famous person in the world. Most famous person in the world. And your parents are horrendous. Her mom wrote a book about her meltdown, about her like shaving her head and whatever. And then did a whole publicity tour about her memoir where they were like flashing clips of the meltdown and being like, mm. I don't know what happened to Brittany. How would she how how did she ever speak to her again? I would have cut that mom out so fast. She's very empathetic. And that's what I'm also learning yeah. in the book. Yeah. She's very empathetic. And then her father, who was a, a abusive alcoholic, they let him take over her whole life and control her whole life after that. It's a wild, it's a wild tale, you know? Putting it all together from her perspective is very interesting, I will say. Is she okay now? Probably. I don't know. That's, I think doesn't we look, don't need to think about that. It's not really for to us know. to know. Yeah. We're, what she we need she to do is. is read the book. Yeah. Anyway, what's going on? That's about it for me. <laughs> Just well, trying to get outside every once in a while, and and I put on Audible. Michelle Williams reads me Britney's story, and I yeah, look around and nice. say, "Okay, I'm gonna walk ten feet today," and that's about it. <laughs> Go on back, waddling. I'm just a waddling fool. Yeah, I can't. Make okay. sure you don't get pregnant three months after you shit this baby out. You better really you, have you thought I'm about not, your contraception plan. You, you better really think about that. I yeah, I guess it can. I think you're a real fertile myrtle right after you give birth. Oh God. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 You better really. You better really keep an eye on I'm, it. I'm gonna get another IUD. I I can't be fucking around with. Yeah. 
Great. Okay. Well, figure that out. While my uterus is huge and loose. <laughs> Title of that. <laughs> I'll get another IUD so it's not as painful as it was last time. Anyway, what's going on with you? Um, only agenda item I had on my list uh, is I've tried the Wendy's pumpkin spice frosty <laughs> and just want to encourage people to get out there and order it. It was really great. Wendy's pumpkin spice frosty. Yeah, you heard me. Where's a Wendy's near you? Queens is crawling with them. <laughs> okay. They're putting, they're putting up Wendy's like I can't even count. <laughs> Better than the, oh my God, what was the thing you got on the way to Vermont? Oh. What was that? Uh, some Gr- Grimace. The Grimace shake. Oh, the Grimace shake was not. I don't endorse the Grimace shake. <laughs> I, I still can't totally place what the flavor was. Purple. I don't know. Blueberry? I, unclear. No, I don't like the Grimace Shake, but I do like the pumpkin pie frosty. I want to be a fast food influencer. Pumpkin pie or pumpkin spice? Fuck me. Pumpkin spice. I mean, it's all the same. Because <laughs> it tastes like pumpkin pie. Well, it tastes like pumpkin spice, which tastes like pumpkin pie. <laughs> okay. It's the same. It's really good. And I just, that's sort of been the highlight of things with me since we spoke last. Okay. that's. And I just, I never even, I never even knew that that existed. So I just wanted to tell everyone. Did you get it one by itself or did you get, do you dip a fry? What's your, what's your, what do you get with a pumpkin spice frosty? All right. Controversially, I I like a baked potato when I go into Wendy's. Wow. I never thought I, I, those words were going to come out of your mouth. Yeah. I don't really care about fries too much. They have baked potatoes in the Wendy's. Yeah. Does it come with like all the accoutrements? They have a couple different versions. You can do, uh, you know, bacon and cheese loaded. You could do a chive sour cream. You could do, I think, a chili and cheese. You could do plain Jane. Ew. <laughs> yeah. And like one plain Jane. Yeah, so I usually get a baked potato. Okay. Well, well this is enough. I think this Shitter is great. Chatter. Let's, let's bring it, I guess. Okay. Thrilling for us. Just one of the kindest, funniest gentlemen around, I'd say. Always a huge supporter of any creative endeavor that I have done. An amazing comedian, an amazing writer, has written for Family Guy, Saturday Night Live. These are huge programs. I don't know if you guys know about them. Also, the famous writer of the 9-11 Seinfeld script that went viral. Please welcome to the podcast, Billy Domino. Po, 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 zow, po, po, zow. Po, po, zow. How can you not recite the famous words of Kevin Federline uh, <laughs> once he comes up in conversation? It's he really changed the world. I remember him to this day for a whole time. Please, can we cut any of this? I'm, my words are not making sense right now. <laughs> I'm trying to down a giant iced coffee, and it's just barely working. Hi, well, welcome to the show. How's everyone doing? Oh my god! Yes. Well, what the fuck? What was Papa Zao? Is this from his rap career? That is his only rap career. Yeah. Um, oh it god. is. That was the single. And hold on, I just pulled up the lyrics. Uh, it means something in. Um, Portuguese, I believe. In Portuguese, it means bring your ass. That's what he says in the song. Uh, I don't know if that, you know, if I looked up, you know, whatever the Portuguese Webster's is, I don't know if that's what we'd see next to Bring, bring your ass or brain your ass? Bring your ass. <laughs> Did okay, sound yeah, like I said brain your ass? I, you know, I, I'm sort of a creative mind too, so I could have seen it go either way. <laughs> but bring your ass is beautiful. Makes much more sense. I'm seeing that it oh, means no, no. big ass. <laughs> okay. Bring your like big your... ass. <laughs> bring your big ass. Maybe that's what the song was. Yeah, it feels almost like um, a, a Gen Z sort of shortcut word. If it originally means big ass, it's suggestive of bring it and fill the space with your ass. Make your ass big in my presence. <laughs> this is, I'm looking at the lyrics right now. Oh my god! Okay, no, in the in the you yes, okay, I'm seeing in the song it says he explains what it means in the song. <laughs> nice, that's helpful. In Portuguese, it means bring your ass. Now, is he Portuguese? Probably. I not. don't. 
when I hear the name Fetterline, you know, <laughs> the mind, the brain goes to Lisbon. But that said, I, I can't, I can't immediately back that up. <laughs> what a guy, you know, Billy. Have you been to Wendy's recently <laughs> and had a baked potato? I, feel, I have had a baked potato. I think. I, well, I did try a baked potato relatively recently in my Wendy's experience. I feel like within the past year, I'm like, all oh. right, let's see if this is a viable option. In fact, you know when I had it? Now I'm remembering recent podcast, Anna Dresden. I went to her house for 4th of July. As we watched Jaws, someone said, we need food round two. We postmated Wendy's. And I only wanted a little something. And I tried out the baked potato and it was fine. You know, granted, I'm dealing with delivery there. So 20 minutes on top of everything else. But uh, yeah, would I order it again? Probably not. But I'm not going to object to anyone's ordering of it. When I get it delivered to my house, I can sort of zhuzh it up, which I like. I put on my own real butter. I put on a little Mm -hmm. salt. And they give you a little sour cream packet. You dump that on. It's great. So you can sort of fix it up to your liking. (laughs) She's defending the potato. I don't know. That's me with my Trader Joe's like heat in bag Indian uh, mm. uh, bean dishes. I get the like it was the Madras lentils or whatever. I basically just pour that over a bag of rice and then throw cheese on top. And I call it Trader Joe's Indian chili. And I think everyone uh, can be happy and not offended by that title. <laughs> I made a soup from TikTok yesterday. Uh, okay, Gen uh, Z woman i saw a whole ass soup yeah she said i'm gonna make on tiktok she said i'm gonna make the viral (laughs) broken lasagna soup and i said i want that it reminded me of something i used to get at hale and hardy and i said i miss this hale and hardy soup and i'm gonna make it at home and i made a soup a broken lasagna tiktok how was it it's pretty good. I had it again for lunch today. You know, I, I don't really cook, Billy. It's not my forte. So when my husband came home last night and I was cooking ground beef in a pot, he said, what is happening? Watching yeah, what kind of like talk video over and over again. If that was me walking into that, I would assume like <laughs> what 1950s monetary ask is coming. Like, what are you buttering me up for? <laughs> right. Like, what like, fur coat no, do you husband. need for the country club? We need a new icebox desperately, honey. <laughs> Bush her on with the old one. It's just warm. <laughs> yeah, no, I just wanted it. I did make it a huge portion, though, so that we can, you know, try to get into that for the winter so that when my small son is here, I'm just have like soups to live off of. I don't have yeah. to actually cook. Is he, has that been diagnosed by the doctor yet that he's going to be small? <laughs> actually, he's going to be huge. Huge, as you saw, showed Billy my belly. I showed Billy my belly earlier. I just went for a growth scan this week. I still have like four weeks left, and they were like, "Yeah, he's like around seven pounds three ounces." And I was like, "No, that's huge. That's like what people come out as, you know." Yeah, he's got much left. (laughs) He's got, and they like can gain up to like half a pound a week towards the end. Yeah, Billy, how big were you in there? So I forget my number, but it was, I think, between 10 and 11 pounds. <gasps> yeah, I I was like a week late. And my mom always, you know, vaguely told me the story about like, oh, my God, yeah, you were a huge baby. But then <laughs> when you were born, they had to put you right in the NICU because you were born with pneumonia. And everyone was commenting, all the parents who had, you know, these three pound preemies were like, what the hell is he doing? They're like, get him. Why does he want the attention? Get him out. And that was just a fun little anecdote that I always accepted. And I always wondered, hmm, guess some babies are born with pneumonia. About 12 or 15 years ago, I was telling this to a friend who is a nurse. And as soon as I said born with pneumonia, her eyes shot open. And at the end of the story, I said, yeah, and uh, I don't know why it's born with pneumonia. And she said, I know why you were born with pneumonia. You swallowed your own shit. Oh, yes. And apparently. Yeah, it's aspiration pneumonia, and <sighs> especially if you're born a little late, sometimes you can't wait, and you shit in the womb, and you drink it, slash breathe it. Wow. Yeah, you're supposed to be on the look for, like, greenish-brown discharge, <laughs> which means usually think, yeah. that your baby's poop, that their poop is coming out, 
that they started pooping and they need to get the baby out ASAP. So if you experience that. And I don't want to limit us to like, just if you're <laughs> late in pregnancy, you should be looking for greenish brown discharge. Please keep an eye out at all times. At all and, times. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Should it happen, it's noteworthy. It's definitely worth calling the doctor. I think I could have a 10 to 11 pound baby. I'm a little nervous. Were you born naturally, Billy? <laughs> or were you, into it. Were you yeah. C-sected? I was the sec. I believe I was born natural. I have never officially asked this, but I have no reason to believe I was C-sected. And I, I think I've got, you know, the slight head shape of someone who was squeezed through. <laughs> um, this is also brings up, I don't know if I was bottle fed or breastfed. The okay. only reason I have any thought on it is at least up top think I was breastfed because I don't like home movies. I've never, I've always gone out of my way not to watch them, especially as a kid. But at one point, my sister put on a home movie that was me like in the first like five days of being brought home. My dad's filming. My mom is on the couch with me at our grandparents' house. And dad says, as he's narrating, like, okay, going to turn the camera off because it's time for Billy to eat. So that doesn't imply a breast. Mm -hmm. And certainly in 1989, this wasn't the fancy, artfully done black and white photos of mom and dad topless swaddling the baby with their wet bodies. This was, no, 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 no. the breast is for a different room. (laughs) We can't see that. Yeah, that stuff is so wild. It really like has fluctuated throughout the decades of like definitely do formula, definitely do breastfeeding. And now everyone's just like, do what you want. So I'm sort of like, yeah. I'm going to go for it. And then if it doesn't work, my it only, work. My only advice is whatever you choose, make sure you stress about it and judge yourself for it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. And let the mommy communities also do that to me. Yeah. Yeah. But enjoy the birth and uh, have fun with the new IUD. Are you going copper, hormonal? What are you going to do? Oh, God, I've done both. So I got I'm going back to hormonal. Copper is brutal. If you're a lady out there, don't be getting the copper. Wait, this this I didn't know. There's a particular difference in terms of the long term experience. Yes. The hormonal, it, you know, lightens your period. Generally, it uh, takes away side effects normally of a period whereas the copper sort of doubles down on them because it's non-hormonal so your body is just like constantly trying to reject this item (laughs) that was my experience you made this choice (laughs) i was just bleeding constantly if that's fun for you to know so don't recommend whereas hormonal i didn't have a period for like four years and it was incredible you're living on the edge there. Like, I mean, you're just having to trust like, oh, no. Well, I'm I'm thrilled to know that you ate your own poo-poo just right off the bat. Great place to start. Meconium. That's what they call it. That's what they call the poop before it's poop. We, I've said this last time. I'm sorry. I keep talking yeah, about meconium. Yeah, I mean, you got a real one-track mind right now, and it's <sighs> baby shit and what it's called. Baby Wait, shit. last episode you were already talking about meconium? <laughs> I think so. I think so. They all blend together. <laughs> I didn't realize I, this conversation was part of an ongoing legacy here. I'm so glad to contribute. <laughs> yeah, we have a meconium through line here at the pod. Yeah, the it's for the track. There's so much more on the Patreon for those of you who are premium subscribers. If you really want the post-show meconium rundown, you know, that's worth five a month. Absolutely. Yeah, we should do a Patreon for after I give birth to the child where I just tell my brutal birth story or whatever. <laughs> you have to pay $5 if you want to hear my birth story. Hey, a month. We're going to have to sell something <laughs> a little bit better than that, I think, to get people to sign 50 up. a month and you get part of the placenta. Did she yeah, tear? Yeah, yeah. Did she not tear? Ooh. Did she poop on the table? Did she not poop on the table? Did she? uh, I don't know. You're going to poop. I I will. Let's be real about this. You're going to (laughs) poop. I will. And I'm I'm ready. Some people say they don't even notice. Yeah. That's what I've heard too. Animal mode. You're just like, just shitting. It doesn't matter. Just do it. Just do it. Whenever. When am I going to have the chance to 
to shit, shit on a table on a table in front of my family and friends no just my nurses what was i gonna say my husband in one of the birthing clauses they were like to the non-pregnant partners if you want to catch the baby you should ask when you get there if they allow you to do that now he's obsessed with catching the baby obviously i could have told you that he was gonna want to do that <laughs> He brings it up every well, time I hear him talking to somebody. He's like, well, yeah, and I'm going to find out if I can catch the baby. This just has such vibes of like <laughs> flying in the 1970s. And you have like the little eight-year-old boy who asks to go meet the pilot. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, would you like to touch the button? <laughs> okay, but you have to go back now. You're not the real pilot. Yeah. I mean, it would be the nurse's or the, the OB's hands with his hands. Oh, they don't even let him use his own hands they gotta spot his hands i think they spot your hands during the catch which feels very intimate it feels very like ghost pottery that's exactly <laughs> what i was gonna say feels like unshamed <laughs> melody playing as you're shitting on the table it's very like letting your child put their hands on the steering wheel and be like no you're driving oh i promise meanwhile yeah, your knees are gripping for dear life yeah, and I was like, that's sweet. I'm glad you want to do that, I guess. But also, I'm up there, and I'd like some help, maybe, you know? I don't want to be alone, sort of. Let him catch the baby. It'll be fucking five okay. seconds. He'll come back after. Yeah, he'll get back up they there. They put the baby on your chest pretty much right yeah. away now. All I tell right. all my girlfriends this. Let him catch the baby. Let, let him catch him the it. baby. He likes it. Crazy for it. You let him catch one baby like that. You own him. This is probably his only chance, to be honest. Unless we, um, I die or we get divorced and he hey. has a second wife who wants to have babies. But for me, it's probably. That's so great. I was just going to say that. <laughs> In case I die, he will maybe could catch another baby. All right. I think... Okay. Uh, should we ask Billy the question, Nicole? You want to get in there? Yeah. I want to ask Billy the famous question of our podcast. <laughs> our podcast is called how are you brainwashed? And so that's the question that we're going to ask you is what did you think maybe growing up was real, true, how the world worked? And then you sort of grew up, got a little wiser, said, actually, I think that was maybe a little bit of brainwashing. I thought long and hard about this. And I wanted to make sure that I brought a topic to this episode that was worthy that had the gravitas to not only facilitate conversation, but to live up to those premium Patreon members, even when they're not getting the placental updates. And suddenly, after a couple false starts last night at like 1am, truly shot up in the middle of the night, went to the notes app to make sure I got it also did a little thing to put in my mind palace. The way I was brainwashed is, and the way I think all of us particularly, let's say, you know, 80s, 90s kids in the United States, we were promised food fights, television, movies, children's books. They all promise us food fights. Where the fuck are our food fights? Wow. Incredible. Where are they? Never had one. I know. Why are they in every, they're in everything for kids. There's also such a clear structure to them every time it's in a high school cafeteria and it's usually not even in an elementary school because we never see that in kids stuff because we want to be aspirational and when you're a child you aspire to be older and it's high schoolers and whether it's an accidental push or someone fed up and finally throwing mashed potatoes across the table it's the throw the shock, a throwback, and then across the room, you have someone entirely different screaming food fight, and then it's <laughs> instantly on. It's the Boston Massacre. We don't know how it started, but suddenly smoke is in the air. Yes, a pivotal role of the, the other child that notices what's happening and announces to the rest, it is time. <laughs> food fight! Yeah, they're somehow slightly othered to the that the announcer, it, whether they're freckled, curly hair, whether we know them as like the lovable, slightly comic nerd, but it's not the popular kid and it's not like the best friend of the involved parties. It's the other. I can see in my mind's eye right now just a unexpected mashed potato to the face. I would love to throw a pudding 
Ooh. Both both within a cup and on my spoon in the face of a, of another child. You know what they should do? I'm... Like, you know how they have like rage rooms? <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. The three of us should open a business of food fights where you can go to a place and have food fight with your friend. What do you guys think? Can we still uh-huh. also take out a massive hammer and hit an old computer at the end? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Maybe it's like a choose your own adventure. You can go into a rage room. You can go into a food fight. You can go into a pillow fight. You can do all the things that media and television. Yeah, pillow fights. How many sleepovers were you at? A million? How many pillow fights? Zero. And here's the thing, too, with pillow fights is I think we, whether or not we were never in a true pillow fight, I think we've all certainly bashed another with a pillow, whether it's a sibling or, you know, a friend at a sleepover. But even there, there's a sense in media, oh, the pillow fight will start spontaneously and feathers will fly. Again, A tr- the word in both fights is flurry. Like the yes. air is filled with a dusting of the ammo. But in real life, it's like we tried to start a pillow fight and we performed at it, it you know, but it never went anywhere. Whereas food fight is like you ever tried throwing something, whether at school or at home immediately met with a parental what the fuck yeah you'd get shut shut that down real fast i can't imagine a school just sort of letting the kids go rogue and wild and throw all their puddings across the I'll table i'll say this I-, I would love to throw a tomato at some art that i think is bad <laughs> i don't get to do that either they must have actually done that in the past in shakespeare yeah but you know what didn't when you learned about it didn't you think i'd like to i'd like to do that and then it never sort of came up again yeah. Even if it did happen, whether in like Shakespeare or vaudeville, the idea that someone is going to the theater with old <laughs> produce, it's like, oh. I would understand if it was like the stray end of a hot dog. Of course, you were mid-bite or like a box of popcorn. All of this makes sense. Or whatever the snack of the day was. At no point has that been a whole tomato. And even if it were, why is the tomato unbitten this far into the show? It's very rarely <laughs> the opening act that gets tomatoed. Maybe yeah. bring some snack tomatoes and then you have a couple of extra just in case things don't work out how you want. That is a good point. <laughs> they, but there's the possibility the whole tomato implies there was a crate. Yeah. I, you, I don't want to take a bite into a tomato by itself. You guys ever done that? My My Italian grandmother, every time we went grocery shopping, take a tomato right off the shelf. I'd start eating it in the cart. Wow, maybe it's because tomatoes have gotten worse over time. Maybe those were good, good fresh ass tomatoes. Yeah, was this like a was this like a local grocer or was this the supermarket? No, this is absolutely Shoprite, big big <laughs> grocer store. Okay, yeah, they weren't selling anything good enough. To I think she was just also in, very in into like what can we steal. Like always making the deli man give me a slice of turkey and a oh, slice uh-huh. of cheese for the for the ride, stealing food before we could pay for it. But that's fine. My grandma grows tomatoes still. She's 93, has a tomato garden and goes out and collects them. My dad was recently there visiting her and he told me he was like, there's tomatoes all over the house, Jenny. (laughs) He's like, I would pull out a chair. I'd have to check it and make sure there wasn't a tomato on it before I sat down. She's she's got tomatoes fast and loose out there. She's leaving them everywhere. She's got so many tomatoes she don't know what to do with them. Handling familial hobbies is a real that's a that's a real seesaw. You gotta balance that just right. Yeah, she was obsessed with tomatoes even when I was younger. I don't know what. She had depression. She was born in like nineteen thirty, so they, yeah, they I got can't get into stuff. that psyche. It's, you know, it's a lot going on there. But she was always very aggressive com- about me trying her tomatoes. Jenny, you don't like tomatoes? Why not? You got to try my tomatoes. Try my tomatoes. I'm scarred. My dad has always been a big, please try this his entire life. He is not by any means a cook. I've never seen him make anything involving more than a microwave. And even then, it's truly just like heating up a meal. But he's always been into whether it, it, you know, whatever for the time in America was the more daring cuisines like Indian before Indian was very widely popular and always asking people in my family to please take a bite of his shittiest possible version of whatever that cuisine (laughs) was. And it was never enough to just say, no, thank you, please. I understand. I can smell it right now. And I know I'm not going to like that. That's taste taste and smell are interchangeable here and i've gotten all my information 
it would always go to the point of, I'll give you $5 if you don't like it. And everyone was always so like viscerally offended by that of, you know, the idea you want me, you're betting $5 against my own brain. No one ever took him up on it. It's like, I know I would rather yell at you right now than even win for myself. You never were trying to collect that five bucks. Looking back on it, I should have. But at the time I was so as like an eight year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So averse to anything that was not Honey Nut Cheerios that it would not have been worth five dollars. Yeah. Do you think bribery is still a good parenting technique? <laughs> Should I be out here bribing my son to eat tomatoes or whatever? What do you guys think? <laughs> I think it's easy to say no when you're not in it. You know, sort of wait till you get there and see That's if you... That's true. That's true. I did... a Sour um, Patch Kid to get an hour of peace in your life. I was watching a home video of me tap dancing. And my mom, I can hear her in the background of the video say to my older sister, like, okay, you're, I'll give you two nickels when this is over. <laughs> <laughs> two nickels okay that was also a thing as child i was obsessed with was money i was always trying to find little ways to get money if my dad was making bad food i would have taken that five dollars every time (laughs) there's something so enticing about the nickels as a child though like your little magpie it's not even about how can i spend this it's oh this is shiny therefore rare menagerie of coins I remember asking my mom if she would like give me like two dimes if I cleaned something. I don't know why it was. We all wanted change. Because they were so willing to give it up. They were like, yeah, two dimes. Yeah, I don't need this. I could take this. I really thought I could earn, I could buy a toy or something. I wanted to buy a toy with my own hard-earned dimes. (laughs) It's it's slicing a little bit off the top, but I think that is like the first real hard math that kids learn, the idea that change can add up to more, to Mm. to paper. It's something that you know viscerally and you think you're getting on the world. They haven't caught on yet, but I do know that two dimes equals two dimes. Yeah, well, kids are just obsessed with doing what they see. You know, that's why all the baby toys are like little sinks and little stoves and like little girls have strollers with baby dolls in them. They just want to sort of do what you're doing at all times. They don't know shit. They don't know anything about going to the theater, <laughs> experiencing life. Yeah. Yeah. Get, your, get your kid a little TKTS slide. They can stand <laughs> for two hours in the rain to get $50 off Blue Man Group. I've heard it's great. It comes with a little pack of dialogue for them. Yeah, the the stuff that's out there for the kiddos is so wild. They just want to wash dishes. I think we need to let kids do a lot more real adult stuff so that because your entire childhood, starting with just like, can I push the button in the elevator type stuff? It's, oh, can I do the thing that my parent is doing? Mm -hmm. And then when you're in what middle or high school now, it's just like, okay, I want to get out of school and get into like whatever my dream career is or something like that. I don't yeah. know, at least for the we listen, we all went to theater school and we were all crazy and now we're all sad. So <laughs> yes. uh, that 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 was us and we're all very poor. But I think we need to let kids do the real thing earlier so they can get over the fetishization, then be disappointed with it, then have the dopamine crash and realize I need something else in life. The material, the practical is not going to do it here. I need to set sort of a like an, an identity goal. We got to get you in the kid toy design field, Billy. That's your next. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you guys, when I'm you watched to... Big, the movie, were you like, I want to do that job that he does in Big, which is just like test toys? I mean, I wanted to play the piano with my feet, certainly. That seemed fun, sure. but no, I didn't, I didn't think about the job. Big... I didn't see Big until I was probably like 13. It was just on like Comedy Central one day. And I was like, all right, let's see what this is all about. And it just got to the point where like he wakes up big. And one of the first things he does is look at his penis and he's impressed by it. And it's like, oh, my God, like, no, I no, no, thank you. That's not what I want the kid to focus on immediately. And doesn't Couldn't he make that today. That movie? Wait, he <laughs> Does he have sex with that woman? Yes. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, but he's That's... 13. Oh, no, 13's bad. <laughs> Jenny. I want to know, like, the woman that Big Tom Hanks has sex Big Tom Hanks. I hate saying that. <laughs> yeah, and that's what she calls him in the movie. Okay, Big Tom Hanks. Let's talk. <laughs> what was her experience in the moment? Because there were only two things. There's the most likely, which is the this has no idea what he's doing. This is very strange. And, like, is the man I've been 
romantically obsessed with is he like well he's act this is not how <laughs> someone should physically be in bed that or he's absolutely just amazing a savant going at it and like you know seeing the equations in the air beautiful mind style definitely not that he definitely came in like five seconds <laughs> definitely not that <laughs> That yeah. is a very real question. Does is his speed of ejaculation God. based on mental age or physiologically like okay now he's in a thirty year oldish body so therefore he can hang on? No, I think even if you're mental 30, age, I think if you're thirty and you haven't ever been in a machine and you get yeah, you're still machine, gonna go. Yeah, you're, you're, thank you. That was that is absolutely correct. That's what I thought. I wonder if they had these conversations on set. If Tom Hanks and I think it's Elizabeth Perkins. Is that, I don't know. Um, I, right. I wonder if they had this, you know, if they were getting deep. We got to talk to the dramaturg for big. I think they would have <laughs> a real sense of what went on. They would have prepared some packets that would have helped everyone really center themselves yeah oh, i really i really blocked this part out i really <laughs> only remember the foot piano in the fortune telling machine that's all i have held on to the fucking i yeah. forgot what about the like uh baby corn or when he eats caviar and he spits it out wow you guys aren't big people huh i guess i watched it I've... it was in my rotation on vhs i guess i was in on big <laughs> i didn't watch so many of like essentially let's call them the pg kids movies I watched plenty of like G Disney, you know, from zero to let's say like five. And then I took a very hard hop into almost exclusively, you know, PG 13. And my first R rated movie was The Birdcage, which I watched nonstop oh. in second, third grade. Like movie in, time. at the ages of, of eight, I probably watched it literally not even joking a hundred times. I know the movie start to finish. But yeah, that really, that set me up for success from an age of like five or six thought like oh the, the children's movie the thing that's you know really going after the aspiration not for me i i'm glad they enjoy it <laughs> you are eight or nine enjoying the birdcage i love that it, it is it all makes sense the best yeah it, it, it really it is the best one of the best movies of all time it holds up minus minus some gendered stuff is a good representation they call Albert the mother at the end, but still, even in in spirit, even that's fine. It's hard to make a comedy that in 10 years doesn't, <laughs> something's not wrong. Not everything's going to stick. <laughs> and yet here we are doing it right now. I know. Um, in, this, in 10 years, this episode is going to get us all fucking canceled. <laughs> what were your go-to, uh, well, I guess, Jenny, one of them w- was big for you. But also any others. And Nicole, what were your go-to kids movies? My rotation, much like Billy, I think I was going a little older a little too quickly. <laughs> so like Moonstruck, A League of Their Own, those were like constant. Moonstruck. <laughs> Moonstruck. Wow. Loved Cher as child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Gina Davis was just like, these are my girls. This is when Tom Hanks is peeing and being mean to my girls when they're playing baseball. Those both, I would say, really worked their way into mine. As yeah, well as, as Kate Manfrey, past guest said, there was not really tween culture when we were growing up. You we went straight from baby shit to adult shit. Yeah, it was like some Disney channel, but it was like we were sort of leaving it as that was coming into the fray. Yeah, there was very little. You, If you were going to stick with it as a 12 year old or so, you were going to be watching the stuff that was also for the five year olds, which I refused right. to do. In second grade, I pretty much on like a Saturday one morning, I decided like the Nickelodeon, it, it's not for me anymore. And I turned to ESPN and never went back. It's the most toxically masculine thing I've ever done. Wow. <laughs> Billy, I didn't know you were a big me. sport head. Well, it's not so much that I'm a sport head, more that I'm, um, how would you say, on the spectrum. And so immediately, as soon as it's like baseball, oh, there are numbers in that. Numbers I can yes. learn. Numbers I can hold over other people as some sort of <laughs> currency. Why, thank mm-hmm. you. Yes, I will turn to ESPN. Absolutely. Uh, I just started with a therapist in about, about three months ago after being out of therapy, taking a nice like one or two year break from it, uh, both for work, didn't create room for it. And also just like figuring out eh, what do I want to do in therapy rather than just going in and telling them what my week was. 
but mm-hmm. I sought out someone who works particularly in neurodivergence. Just like I've been telling people for 15 years, I'm on the spectrum or you know have Asperger or something like that, and I've had a lot of people in my life who work with those communities say like, oh yeah, that's you. But uh, maybe I should actually find out what's going on for real and if or I should or shouldn't be telling people that. So we're we're exploring that. And instead of an answer to it, my therapist so far has been like, how would you like me to you know, call what you're experiencing? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm paying you to tell me what to call me. <laughs> Absolutely. Which itself is proof of Asperger's. We just had an app, a neurodivergent, the neurodivergent app we called it. <laughs> with, with our husband, yeah. With our husbands who have. My husband is also on the spectrum. Amazing. My husband has ADHD. ADHD. I got that too. Just the dopamine escapes us. We wish we could hold on to it longer, but it just, it's out with the wind. I looked into once, I, I, in talking to different psychiatrists I've had for different antidepressants, because I've had really bad seasonal depression since I was in high school. And for years, like Prozac, Cicerized didn't work. And then college, he got on the Wellbutrin like a big boy does. And now suddenly, oh, norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. This is doing a lot more. It's not perfect, but it's doing a lot more. But I'll still have like sort of like ebbs and flows with that. My self-diagnosis is, oh, seeing the way that depression, ADHD interact and sort of not having so much of a like almost planning a day, so to speak. This is about reward. This is dopamine based. So I'm like, oh my God, amazing. I can go down this direction. So Google dopamine reuptake inhibitor. First result, cocaine. Yeah. Good to know. No. <laughs> That's not Billy, the one. Billy, no. Billy, no. <laughs> no, it's truly like was a thing of like, well, I can never do this. I already assumed if I ever tried cocaine, I'd be dead in a week because I would love it too much. Now, like I know, on, you know. A, a, on a chemical level. Every, I've been going deeper into articles about like, about dopamine reuptake inhibitors that have been tried as pills. It's like, there was uh, this new one in the 1960s that they did a study on in Germany. The study ended after three weeks when several patients were demanding more medicine. Was it cocaine pills? Essentially. I mean, that's, I guess that's one of the primary things with cocaine is once you make a dopamine, it just keeps it recirculating. It's a little slot car racetrack. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Yikes. They got to figure out how to do drugs better. The doctors, I mean, they got to like figure out what's (laughs) good and how often and what's bad. (laughs) I know. Well, now there's ketamine you can take with your doctor. Never thought I'd see the day. Everyone's going to their therapist doing ketamine what's going on have either of you done it we have a friend who has we have a friend who's we have not i've done it it's i i don't recommend it Uh, (sighs) at least not for me in a very big depressive episode during like the height of pandemic who knows why i was uh depressed at that right yeah such a fun time (laughs) yeah not feeling physically mentally structurally trapped i went to a clinic and in la i found two options There was the UCLA ketamine clinic where it's all this very structured and regimented, okay, intake appointments and all right, yes, you're a candidate and here's how we're going to do it. And there's going to be a lot of support, huge wait list for that. I'm like, I need something quick. The other ketamine clinic I found uh, was in, I forget what they call the neighborhood, also near UCLA. It's little Tehran or like little Persia. And just basically in a strip mall, a guy who was a USC anesthesiologist set up uh, his own ketamine shop and was just running around all day plugging people in. Should have known, I mean, not should have known, did know something was up immediately when he came in. Again, this is July 2020, big time mask era. He came in wearing an N95, but a Home Depot N95, one that had the respirator on it that's like allows you to breathe out for anti-fog. The thing that first week we were told this is not the way to do it. And he's wearing that. So instantly I'm a little worried. And then he sits down and first he says, mind if I take this off? It's up to you, but I, I might take it off. I'm like, okay, sure. Takes off his mask and starts giving me the ketamine pretty quickly. The first hour-long session I do was an absolute emotional roller coaster that by the end of it, I came out exhausted, but maybe there's some bright side to this. I felt a little confident by the end, but I did ask him in the aftermath, I'm like, so for future sessions, like that was really intense, obviously. If it were you in the chair, 
What would you look for are signs of like, wait a minute, this is too much ketamine or this trip is going too far. Before I can finish the sentence, says, there's no such thing as too much. No, keep going. Go harder. What? Go harder. <laughs> he kept trying. I went probably five times over five weeks. He kept trying to get me to take more. I'm like, no, I would like to take less. And each time the experience was worse. Three of the episodes ended with me sort of like very quietly writhing the chair. And I say quietly because, I mean, you're on anesthesia, so you're just barely in the room. But as much as I could muster rolling back and forth in this chair with the little fleece blanket on, just saying to no one, help, help. No. Oh, no, Billy. Wow. No, we're getting too much ketamine. It's not, that's not what we're doing, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Probably not a strip mall. That's a victim blame, but I just think that's that's bad. Guess how he was paid for his work on me. I'm going to give you two options. One, insurance. B, cash. (laughs) Cash, cash. I'm surprised it wasn't Venmo or Zelle or something. Or did you Zelle him? Did you Zelle this guy? No, I wa- I was trying to get rid of some cash that I had on hand. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was just, I had made some money selling computers. So I figured it was, this was the best laundering <laughs> technique. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm sorry it, it didn't yield the results that you were looking for at the time. You know what? What I learned so much though, I learned so much about how long it takes to drive to, to Westwood from South Pasadena. Okay. Uh, there you I, go. Yeah, I learned. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> and how long does it take you, Billy, to get from Westwood to Pasadena? I don't know, LA. About, I would usually go around 1 p.m. So getting there was about, <laughs> you know, 40 minutes. Getting back, especially because at first I would then have to just, they ask that you have someone come and pick you up. And there was just yeah. no one to do that uh, during that time. And I wasn't going to go so I just made a deal with him, like, what if I just promised to sit in my car for two hours after the session to, to come down? I was like, hey, yeah, fine, whatever you want to do. Uh, coming back, though, then at like four o'clock, uh, that would take like 90. Billy, Hi. Billy, I hate what I'm hearing. <laughs> I hate everything about what I'm hearing. Well, Nicole, then I would say maybe be the change you want to see in the world. It's time for the Nicole Spezio Ketamine Clinic where you can right these wrongs. Yeah, Nicole, I'm surprised the AI career coach shouldn't lead you into ketamine facilitator. Isn't ketamine the one that gives people like stone bladder and uh, they just, yeah, turns their bladder into like concrete if you inject it too much? Uh, I, I, I don't think that's good. I don't know, but yeah. uh, that shouldn't be a side effect of anything. That's <laughs> Next Stone time, she's like, bladder. any questions you have this week before we deliver the baby? <laughs> yeah, does ketamine give you stone bladder? <laughs> They'd be like, okay, we need to cut this baby just, out just, now. I'm asking for a reason. I don't yeah. even care about it at all. <laughs> let's rescue this child. You know what? Forget that I asked. Uh, let's get back to, am I going to poop on people? <laughs> <laughs> A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was going to segue us into casting. Do it. (laughs) So Billy, here at the end of the podcast, we play a little game called casting where we pick a category. We cast ourselves within that category. It's very easy, breezy, fun. And I think you're going to have the best time of your goddamn life doing it. Anything we talked about that organically we'd like to do casting or any thoughts you had, Billy, prior to this recording i didn't have any thoughts because i was so focused on the topic and i you know wanted to see where where your brains went though if you're asking me to suggest something now i mean i guess club drugs comes to mind uh but uh, or just illicit materials in general illicit materials what illicit materials are we we've never done that yeah i you know also just like birdcage i was excited when we were mentioning oh that could be fun but but we could do we could do club drugs too nope we're doing bird we're we're either doing both or we're but we're just bird cage but we are and what i'm the bird cage you're the bird cage jenny's the bird cage we're in <laughs> they were all my bird cage okay let's do bird cage and then we can do illicit drugs for fun and then cut it if we don't want to have it in okay so let's go into <laughs> our minds me. we're gonna go into our minds billy for a minute and each think of both what are we are ourselves 
as illicit drugs and cast members of the birdcage and what each other are. I, I don't, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm locked in. It feels very clear to me who we all are, but. For, bird, you know, for take, both take illicit time. drugs and. Oh, okay. Okay. I, uh, let me think a little bit more about the illicit materials. I just Googled club drugs. And the page says help help is available and there's a number to call, which is really good. But that's not what I'm looking for it for. Did you incognito tab Google it? Because you're gonna No, I'll on a work computer. (laughs) It's gonna end up in your algo and you're gonna get some weird ads. I will begin with our birdcage. Okay. Jenny to me clearly is Hank Azaria. I just feel that you are a butler and you're fun and you're in a crop top and don't wear shoes because then I fall down. It's just very Jenny Donheiser coded to me. Just fun, just fun vibes. The dreams. Billy to me is Christine Baranski. Just very regal, sort of like in charge, trying to figure out what's going on if you want to be involved or not. But ultimately, you do show up for your friends. Just extremely Christine Baranski to me. And I, I'm being Nathan Lane. I just am that mom and the uh, just the star of the show and everything. So that's where I landed with all, all of us. I will absolutely take the compliment. I also gave myself Hank Azaria, whose character's name is Agador. Spartacus. Agador yes. Spartacus. Yes. I think I can't wear shoes, fall down. We're sort of not understanding how to cook. Yeah. <laughs> making, yeah. making uh, my broken lasagna ground beef soup slash shrimps, whatever it is he's like making in the movie. That felt right for me. Nicole, I also gave you Nathan Lane. And then Billy. I Well, I gave Billy Robin Williams, Armand. Incredible casting. Star of the show. Has the full arc. And Billy and Robin Williams, I don't know. There's a vibe. There's there's not not a vibe there. Some of the before funniest... there was say before there was the Birdcage, my Watch a Hundred Times movie and my first such movie was uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, which then led to oh, there's a new Robin Williams movie, The Birdcage. It's rated R. Well, let's take Billy anyway. <laughs> Yeah, young Robin Williams and Billy, that's a, that's, I see it. I mean, the mustache, you know, doesn't count for everything, but it it counts for something. (laughs) Yeah, listen, if we're, a tiebreaker is a tiebreaker. I, as for my casting, I also have Nicole as Albert, uh, and that's just the truth. Uh, (laughs) There's, there's really no need to debate it. I have Jenny as Diane character, Louise Keeley. Yeah. Uh, for, yes. for the sake of a nurturing insanity is mm. uh, the way I would put it. Mm. That will be me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to come up with a good answer for myself because I'm sort of too close to the material. And I too much would want myself to be Agador Spartacus. Uh, <laughs> in high school, uh, that uh, was uh, one of my screen names. Uh, on oh, game. Billy. Uh, That's yeah, incredible. I got, I, I got in early. Yeah, uh, Agador Sparkus for a screen name, Blaine Fabin uh, of We Forgotten Fame for an email. But I just pulled up the castle to see if there's anything I wasn't thinking of. I'm going to go with a real curveball here. The character Harry Radman, who is the National Enquirer reporter who follows <laughs> the Keelys down to Florida. And just the messy, tenacious, bad idea of it all, and especially having a a mess in your car that you use for the sake of your job. If I could show you how many old golf clubs are in my car right now, because I've been going around buying them to clean and resell them. I live an unbalanced <laughs> life uh, and I'll never apologize for that, even at my own funeral. And you never should. No. Wow. Real rogue choice. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Inspired for the fans. All right, Nicole, you want to do illicit materials? <laughs> Okay, no, I don't want to start with this one. I think someone else should start. Jenny? Okay, listen, materials. I gave myself Molly. I just feel like that was a millennial drug of like, you know, going to a music festival. And yeah, I did Molly last night. That was definitely me thinking I was, was cool. Your vibe. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Nicole, I give you cocaine. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. See, it's a uh, upper dopamine, as we were discussing. You know, yeah. Nicole gives you that hit, and you want to just keep getting that Nicole. 
you want to pawn something. You want to sell beepers to get more Nicole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then I started to think of what materials there were. And I was like, what's an illicit material? And I <laughs> decided, Billy, that you're a taser gun. <laughs> Is that an Once again, I can accept the compliment. <laughs> Is that an illicit material? I mean, I Did think you say? cops yeah, that... use them. So like, how illicit could it be? It's like, I don't know. It I've depends been... on the state. <laughs> I've been watching Veronica Mars for the first time, and she carries a taser around quite a bit and tases people. So <laughs> it's a Wait, really, yeah. yeah. It's about it. She's a teen PI. She's who's she tasing? <laughs> she's always in trouble, Billy. She's always in trouble. Is she tasing fellow teens? <laughs> yeah, she's tasing Harry Hamlin. She's tasing other guest stars. So. <laughs> I gave you taser because it feels like a real jolt, you know, and that's what I get when I when I see Billy, I get a real. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. It's a jolt. <laughs> it's it's a fun time He's here. <laughs> so that was the only list of material I could think of, and I gave it to you, Billy. Who would like to go next? I'm happy to take a shot. I, I too gave myself cocaine. It uh, feels very bro-y of all the drugs, very Red Bull. And I do identify as those two things, unfortunately. Billy, I gave counterfeit money. <laughs> because Yes. Again, I think that Christine Baranski, there's just something very white collar crime about <laughs> Billy to me. And there's something about just producing lots of fake money to do whatever you want with. That feels, I don't know, very Billy to me. I feel so deeply seen uh, in, on this side of the, the casting. I, I, I immediately, really, I felt. To be known, what a dream. And Jenny, I gave you like girly mags, like porn <laughs> of the past. <laughs> girly mags okay yeah, yeah. you know you have an undeniable periodicals <laughs> right yeah you you of course are with child which means that you've had sex at least once vibe is very flirty sexy beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you an honor i'll take it but like yeah of the past it has to be past girly mags of like yeah you strategically not you're not in the girly mags you just are the girly mags. i'm gonna get out of here okay that's that's where i learned it no i i think we should stay in it because i i think this is such an important distinction to be made this is not <laughs> this is not modern day playboy this is not yeah. even 80s penthouse no this is like imagine like 1940s 50s like lower east side new york you're going downstairs to this bookstore yes. yeah and then yeah. we might not even be seeing real boobies. They they're probably drawings of beautiful women. Just yeah. drawings. Wow. What are, that sounds like nineteen drawings. No, I think <laughs> it's women in like a silk sheet, like lying on top <laughs> yeah. of like yeah. a cheese lounge. Oh yes, a huge brazier. My dream. <laughs> yeah, a bustier. <laughs> Okay, obsessed. And so for Jenny, I also had Molly. Not that, oh, wow. So for people who are not on the Zoom, which is everyone, Jenny, as she accepted Molly for herself, she just like sort of <laughs> cocked her head and smiled. And truly, I don't know that I've specifically ever seen Jenny do that with any regularity, but that's exactly what I could imagine Jenny doing, like upon seeing her, like across the field at yes. uh, Coachella or something. Just a, hey, I'm having a good time. Yeah. No. <laughs> Nicole, I went with brass knuckles because wow. um, the idea being sophisticated force. I'm thinking of like Housewife Sonata and the <laughs> idea of like, oh, here is this beautiful sheen. And the idea behind it is just wham. Love um, that for me. And then for myself, which, yeah, I, I'd like to think he yeah, has in a similar vein as what both of you chose out of state fireworks. Oh, that's a good one. Pitch perfect yep. choice. Yep. Yeah, your uncle had to drive for these. <laughs> Taser, <laughs> out of state fireworks, money. and counterfeit money for Billy. I love it. Oh, yeah, we really <laughs> clocked your ass on this app. <laughs> 
Listen, I strongly cling to uh, my chaotic good alignment. I think here today we all went for a little bit more neutral chaos, but that said, what matters is the sea. Hell yeah. Incredible ep, incredible guest, incredible day. This was a dream. It was the fulfillment of a dream, and it will exist uh, in the past as a fond dream to be remembered. Thank you. As Nicole asks, where can the people find you? Keep up with you. That's a fantastic question. I'm on Instagram at DuraFlameLogs. Uh, so if you want to see me posting pictures of weird ads I find online because the algorithm is unsure of how to target me. And then there's a show that I worked on that should be coming out in the next couple of months or so on Peacock. It's called In the Know. And it is a stop motion animated workplace comedy set in an NPR studio. And so I wrote on that last year. Very excited that to come out. Zach Woods is the co-creator and the star of it as sort of a Terry Gross type. And I'm very excited to see uh, what comes of it. It was very fun to work on and can't wait. Oh, that's that's awesome. Oh, cool, Billy. We will absolutely be watching. We love Peacock. It's our favorite streamer. We do love Peacock. That's what everyone's been saying lately. where all our housewives live thank you again billy it's a joy to see you i I hope you have so much baby (laughs) me too i mean i will you will okay bye 